Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I got a message that I want to preach to you. I got some scripture that I'm going to read. And would you do me a favor and turn in your Bible, if you have it, to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screens here above me. But Daniel chapter 3, I'm going to try to read. I'm going to read this entire chapter because I feel like I want to give you a little bit of context. This is a verse that we have all... Okay, turn up. This is a verse that we have all known for a long time. Not verse, I'm sorry, a chapter. We've learned the story in children's church. We've gone to church and we've heard the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And... What I'm hoping is that I want to give you another perspective because it's in looking at this that we actually see our lives in a timeline, especially during the pandemic, but outside of the pandemic, what's it going to look like? What are the things that you need to push towards? And I believe that we learned some real valuable, real valuable tools here found in the life of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And I'm going to be reading Daniel chapter 3. And it says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king made an image of gold whose weight was 60 cubits and and widths six cubits. Meaning this was a 90 foot statue. And the, the width of it, how far it was around, was nine feet. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the providence. Notice that he called all the leaders. Notice how Satan's plan is to call the leaders. To come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrator, governor, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried out, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music that sounds like worship and you shall fall down and worship the God the gold image that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up Satan doesn't have any new tactics and any new tricks he's always going to mock and try to be I will ascend I will be like the most high God he's always going to do what God tries to, what God does he's always going to try to attempt it And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of the fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the harp, of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, and said, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the, harp, the lyre, and the psalmistry in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the fiery furnace of the burning fiery furnace there were certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach Meshach and Abednego these men O king have not paid due regarding to you they do not serve your God or worship 
the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in a rage and fury gave the commandment to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them, is it true Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you do not serve the gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the harp, the horn, the lyre, and the, the songstry, and the, and the symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the Im image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. How did they, how did all three of them? answer did they all shout at the same time i'll show you in a second oh nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter if it is the case our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand oh king watch this but if not let it be known to you oh king that we do not serve your gods nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Immediately after this, Nebuchadnezzar got upset and he was so infuriated that he told them, I want you to turn up the furnace seven times hotter. And he says that he threw the three inside of there. And the moment that he threw the three inside of there, the people that were actually holding them, they died. And when they were in there, the king says, I see a fourth person in there. I see somebody else in there. And he calls them out and he tells them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I want you to come out. For truly it is your God who has spared you. And them dudes walked out. It felt like aloe black. Like, now you can tell everybody. They just walked out. Remember the Power Rangers when the Power Rangers used to walk and the fire was behind them? Like every time they beat the Megazord or whatever it was? None of y'all. It's horrible. Dang showed my age there <laughs> they walk out of the fire and it's crazy because something immediately happens it says that Nebuchadnezzar sees him and he causes for a decree to go out I'm going to read this last little verse I'm sorry uh, Rebecca don't kill me but I'm at this very very end where it says therefore I make a decree that any people nation or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut to pieces and their houses shall be made ash heaps because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea or from this subject if you're taking notes and I hope that you are. We're greater together. We are greater together come on let us pray father i love you i pray lord that it would be your words and not my own speak jesus we hear you we love you and we're here for you we don't want to hear from a man but we want to hear directly from you jesus father we worship you and we thank you we open our hearts and we believe that we will hear these words lord and that they would penetrate our hearts lord that the birds of the air would not be able to take this seed. That the sun would not be able to scorch it. That the thrones, the thorns would not be able to choke this. 
but that it would find fallow ground, Lord God, and that it would produce a hundredfold in the lives of believers here today, Father. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus all over this place? Oh, come on, everybody in this room, would you put your hands together for Jesus in this place? Amen. So the king sets up this, this big statue. And man, we've seen the stories and we, we've read it. And for some of us, we've probably even heard messages surrounding this. But I want to give you a different perspective because I saw something in the middle of that. And even watching as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they stood up to him, that there are things in scriptures that are parallel to this very story. It's crazy because at the very beginning of this thing, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar, he builds this thing and then he tells everybody, I want, you to I want you to watch what I built. And then he tells everybody, I want you to line up and I want you to stand here. And then he tells everybody, I want you to worship this image. Bow before and worship. Can I tell you that these three things are the same thing that Satan does in your life from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. All the way to the very last chapter of the Bible that Satan does these things. The first thing he does is that he gets your attention. He gets you to start watching stuff and he puts it in front of you and you see it. And once you see it, all of a sudden, then it creates an alignment. Alignment just means that you get in position with it and you're just like, oh, okay, I see what happens here. And then you're in the middle of it and you align with it. And then the last thing that he does is that he, he acts, he gets your allegiance. And your allegiance means that I'm, I'm sworn to this thing. This is what I want to do. This is who I am. And yo, we see it so much in so many different places. It was Eve that she saw the fruit. And then he said, come here, let me talk to you for a minute. She aligned herself. And then when she took of the fruit, at that moment, she pledged allegiance. She lost her dominion, her authority. It was at the very end of scripture in 1 John. I want you to read this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. We've heard this verse so much. And I just want to change just the beginning of it, but I'm not. For all that is in the world, watch this, the lust of the flesh, alignment. The lust of the eyes, attention, and the pride of life, total and complete allegiance. It is not the father, but it is of the world. And Satan, if he can get you to align, if he can get you to see something and notice it, and you're attracted to it, but then all of a sudden you actually get its attention, and then you align into it. And then all of a sudden you find yourself giving your allegiance to it and making it part of your life. Things that God never put in your heart. Things that God never put in your mind. Things that God didn't even want you to be. And yo, we can fill in the blank, especially during this pandemic. There are things that we heard and that we aligned with that were nowhere close to the things that God speaks about. And please, I want you to make sure that you're not hearing my words because Satan will try to confuse you sometimes because he is the author of confusion. Please know and understand that when we're talking about that, I'm not talking about the idea of Black Lives Matter or any political jargon that you hear from the world. Like, please understand, man, Black Lives Matter to us. Cuban lives matter to us as well. Listen to me. I have been an advocate for a very long time. My heart and our desire is to line up and to be able to stand behind our brothers and sisters of color who have been marginalized. The reason why we sow into that is because we want to go into the historically black colleges and universities to be able to share the gospel of Jesus because it's all about Jesus. Please understand, this is not a Republican on stage. This is not a Democrat on stage. Before there was ever a political party, there was a Jesus and there was a kingdom that I stand for and that I fight for. You're never going to find us at Greater Church. We preached the message in the midst of the political unrest that was happening that was called Jordan versus LeBron 
For some of y'all, Jordan is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And for others, LeBron is the GOAT. And you love LeBron. And then there's another, the KD. And we'll pray for y'all later. But then there's... <laughs> hey, man, God bless y'all. We ain't even there yet. But here's the thing. Whether Jordan or LeBron are the GOAT, these guys play basketball. For my friends who have no idea who I'm talking about, not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. Regardless of who you think is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, it's crazy that we all still watch basketball. So because of your political affiliations, what you learned, your morals, what you have inside of you, yo, just because you go one way or you go the other way, it doesn't mean that we don't have a mandate to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it's not about something that we believe halfway in this party and halfway in this other party, but it's that we believe in a Jesus full, wholeheartedly. A Jesus who died for our sins, who gave himself completely for us before anybody else did. So I want you to understand that that's not what I'm talking about when you see something attractional and then you see something that you align with and that you give allegiance to what I'm speaking about sometimes it has to do with pornography dang it got real sometimes it's talking about alcohol addiction you're during a season of a pandemic when we get isolated because isolation is good I mean isolation is bad solitude is good when you take some time for yourself you take some time with you and God isolation when you purposely put yourself back and you purposely separate yourself yo Satan is always going to create these things inside of you and before you know it, man, you're right back to your old ways. And it was because you got isolated because it's social distancing. Social has to do with your relationships, people around you. Physical distancing, that's enough. Wear your masks. We got people wearing masks here. We separated the chairs. We try to do as best as we can with everybody who came to visit. But, yo, we want to make sure that our separation and, and, and our time of solitude is with Jesus. And whether you fell into deep sin or you didn't, whether you find yourself in a place where you gave attention to Satan, you aligned, and then you pledged allegiance, and you just said, this is who I am. This is my identity. I'm just a person that's going to do drugs. I'm just a person that's depressed. I'm just a person that's never going to be used in ministry. I'm just a person that's always going to be addicted to sex. Wherever you find yourself on this journey, I want to let you know that there's a Jesus that loves you, a Jesus that is there, that he hasn't given up on you, that there is a way out. And I'm going to show it to you in just a second. The Bible says that these guys, they stand up to the Pharaoh, I mean to the king. And the king says, I want you to bow. And it says that they did not listen to him. As a matter of fact, it was all three of them with one voice. With one single voice, all three of them said, listen to me, King Nebuchadnezzar. We're not going to bow down to your image, and we're not going to worship your image. I want you to understand that. And God is going to rescue us. But listen, if God doesn't rescue us, if we die in that furnace... Yo, we're still not going to worship you. We're still not going to worship it. It doesn't matter where the cards play out. Please understand that our allegiance, our alignment, our attention is focused on God. I want you to understand something because it's the title of the message, but it's also the second point of this thing is that we're greater together. These three guys, they didn't just come up with this idea randomly. They already had purpose in their heart. The reason why all three of them said it was because it was only one person that said it, but all three of their hearts were together. You need to have people in your life that are going to align with you, and you're going to purpose in your heart before you ever get to the problem. We say here at Greater Church that prayer, right? Prayer is our steering wheel. It's not our spare tire. A spare tire is something that you use when you need it, when you're in trouble. Prayer is the steering wheel. It guides you. What happens is that if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. And having people around you that can hold you accountable to certain things. Hey, Chino, man, you know you got a problem when you stay up too late at night. 
That's when you get a little weak. Chino, go to sleep at 9 o'clock. Hey, listen, this is, this is something that you know you start getting angry when you get here. Hey, this happens here. Pride starts raising up. And there are people in your life that James chapter 5, verse 16, that you confess your sins to one another. We think we confess our sins to God and that's it. God is going to forgive you of your sins, but it's on people around you and on you not to continue to do the sins. Because it wouldn't do be love if he actually grabbed you and told you you'll never do that again. No, don't look at that. Don't look at that. Go over there. That's not the way that God works. God puts us in community and has people around us that can help us to find the healing that we so desperately need. Do you know that the healing that you so desperately desire is one conversation away? It's you being real and saying, yo, here's where I'm at, man. I'm struggling here. That's the reason why we have these G groups. Because just like what Isaac said, these are spaces where you can actually be real and take your mask off. Everybody sees that fake facade and all your little Mac and all that makeup that you have on. Snatch that junk off and say, yo, I'm not doing good. I want to kill my wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> I saw my husband the other night and I was standing right over him and I was just like, just two times. Just, and just have a friend that you can call and say, don't, girl, don't kill him. Don't kill him. He's good. He's going to change. He's going to change. We're going to pray for him. I believe that we're greater together. I think that even as I look at the scriptures, that this Jesus that we're talking about, over the last few weeks, we've been studying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And wherever you are on your journey, man, you know, we love you. Um, I would love for you to go back. And we call this series Out With The New, In With The Old. We don't, we're not excited about a new normal. We're excited about going back to the things that we've forsaken a little bit in the church. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is still alive, that he's active. That John chapter 7 verses 38 through 39, Jesus said, out of your hearts will flow rivers of living water. We believe in the gifts. We've seen healings that have happened over the last eight weeks. We've seen words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We've seen people's faith get activated, the discerning of spirits. We've had deliverances that have happened. We've seen these things happen in multiple different facets. So please understand we're leaning into this thing. But at the very beginning of this, we had this conversation and we talked about the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus in John chapter 14 when he's talking about the Spirit. He said, and the Holy Spirit will be with you and he will be inside of you with you at that very moment because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. It was Jesus even in chapter 7 verse 39 of John that he said, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit had not yet come, right? So the Holy Spirit came, Acts chapter 2, and he engulfed us. He's inside of us. He's living at the point that you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Not when you sit at a church and you, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, spit it out, scream. I apologize for the pastor that made you do that. I apologize for the people that forced you and pushed your head down and try to slam you on the ground so you can get slain in the spirit. Things of the which I'm not going to get into. I do know that the Holy Spirit at the point of conversion, that he lives inside of you, but that there's something else that happens and it is the filling of the Holy Spirit. That in Acts chapter 4, the very same people that were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, it says those same people were filled again with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 4. Peter two times and then it was the disciples. Paul, he got filled in Acts chapter 9, and then he gets filled again in Acts chapter 13. I'm not going to go into that sermon. Go back and listen to it because we preached and we explained it as clear as I know possible. If you don't get it, your getters are broken. But what I want to see is that the Holy Spirit is around you. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were inside of the fire. When they were in the fire, Nebuchadnezzar, the people who were around, they said, yo, there's a fourth person in there. It was the son of man. 
it was Jesus that was in there with them. But what I want you to understand, if you get this, it'll change you. Because in the midst of, yo, what are we talking about? It was a fire. I'm not walking in a fire. Like, this isn't, this isn't something that we just illustrated. It was hot. Like, it is in this room. No. <laughs> no. It was like flames. Like, I don't even know what that was. That sounded like a demon. <laughs> like a demon. It was like a fire. But yet they walked into it because they knew who was inside of them. Do you understand me? Watch this. Jesus was with them. And he was in the fire with them. The beauty of the New Testament believer of a Christian is that us walking into a fire that Jesus is not just around us. That he's not just orchestrating stuff from the outside, but that he actually lives inside of us. That every single person who has called on the name of Jesus, that you can walk in the midst of a fire understanding that inside of you, you don't have to succumb to depression, your anxiety. That even if it does get me, even if I die, I know who I have inside of me. I know who's going to spare me. I know who's going to walk with me through this journey. The confidence in believers is that we have them inside of us that he's not just with us in the fire but that he's living inside of us that I don't care what the enemy could do to me he can't do it through me he can't do it in me because inside of me lives the very king of all eternity the one who has spared no expense for my life the very God that was with them was the very same God that was inside of them I uh I've seen this dang I'm going to make it through this because I'm not going to cry because I'm a grown man. But I've been through my own personal fire over the last few weeks, the last few months. For some of you, maybe you've been on the journey with us and you know that my mom, she got really sick. She got a blood disease and she's been in the hospital now for about three months. And I, Dee went to go see her and some of the other people who are here, you went to go see her. She's in Miami and she hasn't been able to move. My mom had a stroke about 10, 11 years ago where half of her body was at 20%. And she was messed up, but she was able to get around. During this time where she had this blood disease, she also had a cardiac arrest, so she had a heart attack. So meaning that the right side of her body was completely dead, but also the left side of her body was completely dead. And my mom was like a vegetable sitting there. And that's a fire. But I knew who the fire was inside of me. And we prayed. And every single time that I went over there, I grabbed oil. And if I can be very real with you, I anointed her with oil. And I prayed for her. And I said, God, you got to heal her. I believe you can. But then I would begin to speak in my heavenly language because I knew that that's praying in God's perfect will. And I said, God, whether you heal her or you take her away, I trust you. I don't want to see her like this, but I also want her to be with me. So instead of me being selfish, I said, God, I give it to you. But I still prayed. I still anointed her. I still believe it. Can I tell you that about four days ago, my mom actually walked from the bed to the bathroom, y'all. She walked from the bed to the bathroom. That's a miracle. That's because of the fire that not only is in me, but the fire that's inside of her. Because my mama believes in Jesus. My mama speaks it to My mama understands it. And she said, if God keeps him like this or if he takes me away, I love him. As tears come down her eyes. Because the same Jesus that was with them in the fire is the very same Jesus that lives inside of us. The Bible says that these guys walk out of the fire. And when they walk out of the fire, that they're standing there. And Nebuchadnezzar sees them. And I can't even imagine. Yo, could you imagine how many tweets they would get? They'd be trending for days. Three Hebrew boys walk out of fire. <laughs> the Bible says... In clear, vivid depiction, I want you to go back and read it. It tells you what they were wearing when they went in the fire. And it tells you that when they walked out of the fire, that their clothes didn't even smell like fire. 
that the only thing that burned was the things that were binding them. That's the only thing that burned was the things that were binding them. I love God. I just sometimes in my immaturity, I get annoyed with God. <laughs> the reason why I get annoyed with God is because God is, he's always on time, but he doesn't live on time. He doesn't live in time, right? Like he's, he just works out of time. And time is a tricky thing. I just said it a minute ago. We lost an entire year, bro. And it was quick. I don't even know where that year went. It's insane because it's like when you're on vacation, right? The week before you go on vacation, it feels like a month, bro. You're like, bro, is it what, it's Friday? No, bro. It's Monday afternoon, my guy. Still got a long way to go. It's like it's a week. But then when you're on vacation, it's like two days. It's like fast. You're like, how is it Friday? Like we have to go back. I don't want to go back, babe. The kids, we taught them well. Let them figure it out. Let them go. Let them, let them figure it out. It's, it's, it's timing, right? It's, it's that God, God doesn't operate on your time. And sometimes he waits till the last minute. It's the old song. I always say it. Y'all, I don't care if y'all get mad at me and I repeat it, but it's, he, he's an on-time God. He may not be there when you call him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Whoa, whoa, I know. The snap was all out of tune. Tempo was messed up. Nunzi, come on, man. I need you in the key of Y. I need you in the key of Y right here, man. Lazarus had to wait till he died. Jarius' daughter, Jarius had, she died, bro. There are these moments that God would allow us to go into the seasons. And we expect for him to operate in our time and in our way. And we tell him, before I get to the fire, Lord, you're going to deliver me. But then you miss out on the miracle because in the fire you said, he didn't, he let me go in here and you forgot that he was actually with you through the fire. And we want it in our own ways sometimes. And yo, please understand me, I'm not minimizing this pandemic at all. It's touched me personally. It's touched my family personally. But if God has us walk through this season and things happen that broke our hearts, things happen to us, things happen through us, around us. My heart and my desire is that you would understand that God is still there. That if there's a heartbeat inside of you, you're still strong enough. You can still make it. It was my daughter a couple of months ago that we had an above ground pool and we had just opened it. And my daughter, uh, we kind of do all the shindig and clean it up and do all that stuff. And then we have like a little ladder for her to go inside the pool and she gets up on the ladder. And when she gets up on the ladder, she has an immediate, complete, utter breakdown. And I'm like, baby, what the heck? And she's like, I can't do it. I don't want to go in there. I'm so scared. And I'm like, baby, you're fine. You're good. Like, you're okay. Like, get in the water. And she's like, no, I'm going to drown. I don't want to do that. I'm so scared. Ah, whatever. So what do I do as a good dad? Yo, I'm a pastor. Like, I'm a good human being. I'm a father. You know what I'm saying? I grabbed my daughter and I held her. And then I threw her in the pool. <laughs> Doing it. And she was flapping. Ah, God, 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 God,
and all of this stuff. I said, baby, come to me. Come to me. I'm on the edge. And I, and I managed to grab her hand. When I managed to grab her hand, yo, I'm not even making this up. My wife is here. I'm in church. I can't lie in church. I grabbed her hand. And the moment that I grabbed her hand, she stood up. Yo, the water was like right under her chest. <laughs> Literally. The water was like right there. And I'm like, look, baby. <laughs> she didn't know that she grew through the winter it's in your darkest moments that you've grown it's in your darkest moments that you've gotten taller you're not gonna drown you're not this season isn't gonna kill you just because the fire is around you doesn't mean that it's gonna consume you sometimes all you need is for somebody to just grab your hand and tell you calm down you grew through the winter you're actually stronger than what you believe that's the reason why we're greater together because sometimes you need somebody that's actually been in the water that's actually been through something that can hold your hand and bring you to your feet and then you can look down on the water and say I've been here and I'm stronger and I'm better than I was but for some of us in this room and whether we're here in person or maybe we're watching online it's not that you need another human's hand to hold you. Some of you are still living in winter. And you're still not tall enough to be able to stand over the water. Sometimes it can feel like it's consuming you. It's the bills. It's the kids. It's my husband. It's anxiety. It's depression. It's addiction. It's all of these things that I just feel like I'm treading water. And I feel like every time I take two steps forward, I'm taking 18 steps back and I can't figure it out. I work 80 hours a week, but yet I still can't figure the finances out. Every time he calls me, every time she calls me, every time my phone rings, something inside of me tells me it's bad news and it just feels like it's water. And today all you need is the hand of, it was Abby's father who helped her. It's your father who will help you it's your father who will put his hand in the water and that he will bring you out he will cause you to increase in your growth he will be the one that will actually be able to put you in a space where you can live above the water but but you need to take his hand here at greater church we call that salvation we call that knowing God it's in the bible in Romans chapter 10 verse 9 if you want to know how to do that it says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord if you confess with your mouth if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead then you shall be saved that salvation comes when you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth here's the truth I can help you with the confessing part with your mouth but if you believe in him that that's not the piano that's making you feel like that that's not Gino because he's preaching in the lower Barry white voice the Bible says that it is a spirit of God that draws all men unto himself. It is the Holy Spirit inside of you that's putting you in a space right now where you, you just got to grab his hands. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place? Just for a moment, out of respect for the person who's on your left or to your right, would you just give them a private moment? This isn't about a church. This isn't about joining a church. This isn't about your tithes. This is literally a moment between you and God. And all over this place is... If you feel like you've been treading water for so long, financial, emotional, sin, I want to tell you that God wants to forgive you. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And that in this moment, as Jason said earlier, this was a Holy Ghost setup. You came where you were invited. 
but now the roles are flipped and I want you to invite Jesus into your heart. Your life will forever be changed if you grab his hand and you stand up all over this place with every head bowed and every eye closed. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media.